Oh no. Oh no. Okay. We're good. <laughs> it's still it's still lopsided. Hold on. I'll fix that once uh, Jeremy starts doing his intro. Welcome everybody. Back Marketing Monday. We've got Shelly in the pallet prison and we have Jeremy here in the basement of someone's basement. Um, no, no, basement no, of basement. <laughs> in the offices of the warehouse. Offices of the warehouse. Okay, yeah. and uh, we have got myself, of course, in my own basement, which I never come out of ever, <laughs> renting my mom's house. And uh, we've got a wonderful little show for you guys today. We have Jeremy, who I've never met, don't know anything about, so I'm going to be learning just as much as you guys are learning on this little roller coaster and emotional ride called Marketing Monday, Jeremy. Can you introduce yourself, let the people know who you are, what you do, and why you're so special to be on this show with yeah, thousands gosh. of thousands of viewers? And uh, we're probably going to break the internet, but that's that's cool. Um, so I am Jeremy Breck. I am the owner of DJ Jerry Events in Lighting Design in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, I actually started my business at the age of 15. Uh, it was one of those hobbyist type things. You know, I, I thought it'd be cool to entertain people. And I was always getting in trouble in school as being a class clown. I love people. Wa I love watching people smile and have fun. And so I was just a natural at this, uh, this industry and, and the weddings uh, just kind of took off from there. Um, we grew our business into a multi-op. We have right now, we currently have about 11, some DJs, 10, 10 or 11 DJs oh, uh, within our business. Yeah. So managing some of that can be a little interesting sometimes. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, and this might be a great topic today, um, different, differentiating ourselves from an entertainment company to uh, the live events that we do for corporate and for a lot of our, our virtual events. Um, we actually started doing virtual and hybrid events about three and a half years ago. And with all of this COVID stuff, uh, we kind of gave us an, an it kind of gave us an advantage because we were familiar with it already. Mm -hmm. Really all we had to do at that point was we had to refine things and, and make things a little bit tighter. And uh, so our business has come a long way from just a 15 year old DJ to um, traveling the country and, and doing trade shows for large businesses such as Bosch, Bosch, Electro Voice. Uh, I mean, we're talking billion dollar companies and we're fortunate to work with a lot of them. Well, we're fortunate to have you on. Thank you yeah. very much. Thanks for having me. I How feel like I feel like Jeremy is one of these like little known. Um, I don't hope this doesn't come across badly, but like I feel like you're just incredibly humble and like you just kind of stay in your own path and do your thing. And I I really envy that in um, in entrepreneurs that you don't see yourself tooting your own horn out there a lot. You just kind of like keep your nose to the grind and do what you need to do. And and I really appreciate that about you. Thank you. You know, and I think that's something that my parents always taught me. My mom was always, you know, she always told me to stay humble. Um, you know, when I was in, and you know, I noticed this a lot, you know, watching the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm a Buccaneers fan. So yay Bucks. Uh, I've been a Buccaneers fan since the age of six. <laughs> you know, Well, at least you didn't hop on the train in the last year. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I, I grew up, I actually was born uh, about an hour south of Tampa. So you grew up with the orange sickle. Um, and <laughs> You know, I, I was I was really excited to see Tom Brady come because what they did with that team um, was pretty incredible. Having one person that they would call Carried their leader, the entire team. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole the whole team, you know, focused around that. But what I wanted to point out, you, you talked about the humble part. Um, you know, watching the the stupid penalty after uh, Tyree Kill missed that catch, and you know he 
he rubbed it in his face and they got a penalty flag. It's like, it was so unnecessary. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, that was one thing that my parents always taught me was, you know, stay humble. If you do something great, be happy with it, but you don't have to rub it in and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to toot your own horn. So, right. um, sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Which no, I think is fantastic. Like that's uh, that, you know, I didn't know about you for a number of years and it wasn't until our paths crossed in a business format that we kind of got yeah. to know each other a little bit. And, um, and in fact, interestingly enough, like it was from one of my students, um, that they were like, Hey, like the midterm, they get to pick out who they want to have come talk. And your name got brought up as one of them. And I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of know him through other people. I don't really know a lot, but this will be interesting. So yeah, yeah I, it's, it's been fun to kind of get to know you and see how that there's a whole, you've been doing this for a long time and I never knew about it. Cause you just kind of stay in your own path and do your thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm completely humbled when, you know, people that I would never expect say, Hey, you know, we should have this guy on the show or, you know, even you guys reaching out to me, it's such an honor to be a part of that. Um, I, I think Sioux Falls, we're very fortunate. We have such a great community of people and to share some of that love across the the city and, you know, other professionals, there's so many people I would love to shake hands with. And I mean, you guys have those possibilities and those capabilities. It's just getting to know more people and, and shaking those hands um, and having opportunities like this, you know, allows me to do that as well as hopefully, and, you know, I can inspire others in their business journey that uh, they have ahead of them, whether it's a young entrepreneur or someone who's, you know, just looking to get into a business at, at, at any age group. Yeah. Well, I think you'd be a fantastic mentor. Oh, thank you. I, I, try. I try. I'm just, I'm just curious how many people when you were doing weddings, which I'm assuming you probably still are doing weddings or yeah. yep. um, just DJing in general. Mm -hmm. How many people come up to you and they're like, yeah, I used to DJ back in the day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, how many, weddings have I, how many weddings have I done total in my life? I would say there's probably an average about one or two per wedding mm. or some of the people who think I could do this. I want to do this. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If, if I'm inspiring people because they see the amount of energy that I have, how much I love what I do, um, you know, that's, that's a win for me as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious because... <clears throat> Um, again, as I've repeated on this show many, many times and people who will know this show, uh, having a detailing business, it was amazing knowing all the detailers that were in Sioux Falls that just weren't operating a business, but yeah. they, they, they were detailing cars, man. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, cool, man. That's great. Do, do you, so are you going to pay me for this or like, yeah. what's going to happen here? <laughs> you know, and that's a thing that we see too. I mean, the, the DJ industry, I think people see it as so easy to get into right now. And it is, I mean, people can go out and buy music if they want and they can start their own business, but there's so much more to business than just buying certain things. And, you know, you have to understand the industry. You have to understand your client and no, nothing against brides. I love working with brides and grooms. But, you know, brides aren't always the easiest because they're very particular. It's a very important part of their life. And, you know, just to say, well, yeah, I can DJ your wedding. I'll do it for $300, $400, whatever it is. It, you know, it, it seems like a great deal. But when your wedding isn't exactly what you expected because you saved that, you know, that cash and only paid $400 for your DJ, it's kind of you get what you pay for. And, you know, we are, we're a hardworking business. We do training with all of our entertainers, um, monthly, and we make sure that everyone has the right focus. And also, um, you know, we really focus on our team unity, our team brand, as well as making sure that we all have good heads on our shoulders. We have a mission statement. We have, um, you know, all these things in place. So that way we know all of our entertainers are, are in the same mindset 
uh, as an individual as they are within our company. And I think that's important. So that way, you know, this DJ is not going this direction. And then all of a sudden, mm, this isn't what I hired. This isn't who I hired. This isn't what I expected. Um, so it's, it's definitely a very interesting industry because a lot of people try to get into it and it's not as easy as you think. No. So kind of diving into that a little bit, you know, that's a pretty common question that we get just on the business side from people as Adam and I are talking to people is about employees and like, knowing who to hire and how do you like, what does that look like for you? Like as you've expanded in the last few years and added on entertainers, not only DJs, like you guys have characters and you guys have other types of entertainers as well. Like how, how do you do that? Do you have a specific set of like guidelines? Do you, is it just a interview process? Like what do you do that makes you different to find those people? Yeah, that's a great question, Shelly. And I mean, the thing that we run into is, you, you know, you think about an entertainer, Um, or you think about a DJ and a lot of people think DJing is just focused on music. And it's so much more than that. Like the music is probably 25% of what our job is when it comes to a special event, a wedding, um, a a school event, it's the interaction. It's the being in front of people and being comfortable. I mean, you have to be a good speaker. You have to be able to be confident. And the biggest thing that we look for when it comes to an entertainer is, are they engaging? You know, are they comfortable in front of people, but do they have a personality? I mean, everybody has to have in any business has to have a personality. Um, you know, even a construction worker, if you're, if you are building, if you're getting your house built and that person doesn't have that great of a personality, it's kind of hard to work with that individual. Well, our job is to have a personality for 300 plus people at an event. So we have to be outgoing. We have to be interesting. Um, and it's not always easy to find those people and to headhunt those people can be really difficult. Now, we pay really good because we want really great people. We want to make sure that we are giving the highest the highest level of performance, entertainment to every single person that we're performing for. Well, everything that you just said, um, I'll be submitting an application later on because Fantastic. I just check all I just check all those boxes, man. I tell That's you what. <laughs> I didn't mention all the boxes, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that good looking has to be on there, which of course you crushed it. Nailed crushed it. it. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. All right. Now that we've dug a little bit deep, I think we need to climb ourselves back out of Adam's ego hole. Um, <laughs> um, so. Well, what I'm interested in is so a dj is just simply taking an ipod shuffle hooking it up to a pair of like rca speakers yeah and then putting it on high to make the max distortion levels possible yeah and picking the top top 100 pop list and that's pretty much it and that's what makes a great dj so if you can walk me through or us on this little journey of Jeremy at 15 years old, starting his DJ oh. business and some of the key lessons that Jeremy learned along the way to that made him realize, Oh, you know what? There's a little bit more to this business than hooking up my iPod to it. What's, <laughs> what's that look like for you, Jeremy? Gosh, you know, age of 15, I was, I was completely, um, I, I, I was completely irrelevant. First of all, you know, there was companies in the market that I'm like, okay, I'll never be what these guys are. Um, you know, and I mean, to, to be, to be completely honest, most of those business businesses don't even exist. Uh, I think the biggest thing was I, as an individual, I'm always looking to push the envelope. I'm always looking to create more than what the expected is. Um, we have so many special effects. We have so many different experiences that we create. It's wow moments that make the difference. And at the age of 15, none of that made sense to me. 
you know, to me, being a DJ was playing the music and, you know, having fun with people, getting them hyped up, getting their hands in the air, you know, those type of things. And once Let you start me hear running, you scream yeah, for the right. 15th time in a row, <laughs> once you start running a business, you now realize that there's more to it. There's so much on the back end that has to be done. And so we started working with softwares and we started working with um, training systems. And I mean, it goes so much deeper than that. And, and I think that was kind of the biggest transition was I actually took a MC workshop. Um, and that's the thing. I don't think people understand that us as DJs, you know, we still educate just like everybody else. We have secondary school, if you want to call it that. Um, so again, it's more than just playing music and hoping people dance. It's engaging people and getting them involved in every single moment. Um, so after I took this more, this master ceremonies class, it was kind of the eye opener, like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong. You know, I haven't been focusing on the individual. I've been focusing on myself and the music because that's what I thought it was all about. So when that kind of opened up my eyes, the Marbeca method um, was the were, the were the workshops that I started to take. Now I started making my events about the client and I started non-cookie cutter weddings. So, you know, you always hear people, oh, I've been, I've been DJing, I've done a hundred weddings or I've done a thousand weddings. But if you've done a thousand weddings that were all the same, you've technically only done one wedding. And that was my turning point for me was don't do the same thing a thousand times, do 10 things, 10 different times. And make them completely different. Um, so when we set up with our when we set up our, our meetings with our clients, we ask them, what does your wedding look like to you? Instead of saying, this is what your wedding's gonna look like. So we really start breaking apart the importance of the moments that we're creating. And then at that point, that's when we start getting creative and we start making things outside of the box. So the wow moments, the what we call the cherry on top, when people walk in, maybe it's the atmosphere that we created. We've done some amazing weddings and amazing corporate events. And it's that first moment that they walk in. Did we make an impact there? If not, how are we, go how are we going to make an impact on those individuals sometime throughout the evening? We have moments that we've seen grown men cry. We've seen father of the brides cry. We've seen just very emotional moments and it's not because they happened or they just naturally organically happened. It's because we helped create that moment. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that we take away for our clients is making sure that we can create wild moments that guests will never forget. And that's really the biggest turning point from doing a thousand weddings one way compared to doing every single wedding, completely different non-cookie cutter. I absolutely love that. And in fact, interestingly enough, like that's actually kind of one of the concepts I just talked about in class today with my students Nice is, uh, you know, really personalizing with the end user in mind. Right. So I don't, I have no idea if you, if you, either of you know what human centered design is, but basically we're talking about the concept of human centered design and how in any business, we're specifically talking about marketing in this class right now, but like how can a business really, create their um, campaigns and everything else centered around that end user in mind and how do I serve the customer the best? And that's going to look different, right? That's going to look different for many situations. In your case, every situation, because you try to customize and personalize it. But for some businesses, it might mean just different services for different customers. It might not be every single time it's different, but how can you make that person feel special? You know, I had the students go through and tell me why they were loyal to a particular brand today. And as we were talking about, like one of the one of the students mentioned a coffee shop in Brookings and how they made like they could after your first time there, they can tell you your name and your drink like 
Wow. What an amazing customer experience, right? And that's customized to every single person. That's exactly what you're referring to. So I think that concept can be applied to almost every business out there to really rethink that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do have to say that's that's really easier said than done in a lot of cases. It's it's really hard to um, do that in the first place because it requires so much energy on top of all the energy that it takes to run a business in the first place. Um, but then what I'm curious about, Jeremy, to piggyback off of what Shelly was saying, if I may piggyback off of what Shelly was saying. Of course, always. Uh, how, do you, how do you take that same passion and translate it to employees like yeah where, where what do you do great question adam um you know company culture i think is so important and so many times people think that the business is just focused on the ceo or the owner um when really it comes down to an entire tribe and it's everybody that makes your business that is a reflection of your business so i can't do this without you know, like I said, we have a, a number of DJs. We have a number of of team members that just focus on corporate events. Um, you know, we have we have just under twenty employees that really make the the gears turn. And without them, it's not possible. So team morale is so important. Um, these monthly trainings that we do are so important because it gives the guys an opportunity to 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 really get to know each other and really connect with each other. Um, social events are very important. Now, obviously, right now, social events are kind of a, a little slow for us right now. Um, but, you know, going virtual events, uh, we can still encourage and, and, and get people motivated within our company by doing things virtually or doing things in a social aspect. Um, it's just the it's the camaraderie that we build from our team members and letting everybody know that everybody's important. Um, it's not, like I said, the business is not just about me. The business is not just about one individual. Um, it's about every person in our group that makes a team. And without team, you know, we actually have um, every year we create a new t-shirt that's kind of focused in our, in our company and our brand. And, um, you know, we had like 2020 was, was vision. Well, I mean, not like because of 2020 vision, but, um, <laughs> yes, because of the, 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 <laughs> you were the, the guy in 2020. How many people yeah. did that in 2020 and had no idea, like use that as their word and had no yeah. idea what was about to happen? Well, I mean, it, it was kind of a play on, but um, really the, the thing was like, we had a lot of areas that we were looking to grow, a lot of things that we were looking to expand into, you know, obviously COVID kind of um, held back some of those opportunities, but we still pushed through. We still came up with some great things. But in 2000, 2019, our t-shirts, they had team on the shoulder or on the, on the arm. Because again, we can't do what we do without our team. So keeping that team morale and keeping everybody interested and engaged um, within the team is so important because if they know we care about them, they're going to care about us and they're going to create the product that we deliver every single time for our couples, for our clients. Yeah, totally agree. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, can, go, go ahead. Let's, let's dive into Jeremy's side project. We talked a lot about DJ Jer and the <laughs> events. Let's dive in for a few minutes into your little side project that you had going. How did this all come into be? And tell us a little, do you have a copy there close? Oh my gosh. Which side project do you want to work on? I'm talking about your book. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So when it comes to side projects, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're always looking to say, Hey, what can I do? And, and, uh, so one of the things that, uh, I actually came up with this last year was we came up with what we call the Sioux Falls adventure. So here's the book. This is the, 
is what we call the family book or the overall book. Um, we also have, just in time for Valentine's Day, we have the couples book. And the, the whole Sioux Falls adventure book is really focused on, let me back up. The reason I came out with this book is not to monetize on the book. Yes, I'm making money. There's a lot of hard work that went into it. But the focus of this book was to get people to explore Sioux Falls differently. And also to get people out there and, and get people um, back into restaurants and maybe explore restaurants that they didn't even know existed. So if you go through and uh, are there other here. restaurants other than Applebee's and like the Olive Garden? Is, <laughs> is, is there, is well, there's more? They're, they're in there a lot. Um, no, <laughs> um, but here, here's the thing, you know, my wife and my family and I, you know, there's so many times we get into this, like, Hey, let's do something this weekend. Great. What do you want to do? Well, let's go out to eat or let's go do something. And next thing you know, you're like, we've already done this before, but we're comfortable with it. So we'll just keep doing that. And the book was really focused to get people to explore and experience different things. So for instance, when you open the book, this is actually what we call a naked book. Mm. Um, it doesn't have, yes, it is the couple's version. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, this is not, this is not a French podcast, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what you'll see here is there's actually adventures and you scratch these little foils. like you would see on a lottery ticket, you scratch these little foils off and it exposes the, uh, the activity or the event that you're going to be doing as a family or a couple, there's little icons that tell you if it's going to be active, it's, if it's going to be dining, if it's going to be, uh, you know, relaxing. And basically, again, you can kind of pick and choose your own adventure for that, for that day or for that week. Um, again, it's just one of those things where the couple's book is, is to help build relationships. Um, you know, there's a lot of teamwork involved in relationships. So inside the book, there's a lot of things that incorporate with, you know, working together and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of fun activities. Um, when I talked about it, it wasn't focused to monetize. I had businesses reach out to me and said, Hey, how can we get involved in the book? What can we, you know, how can we pay to be in the book? And my biggest thing is I, I didn't want it to be, um, who has the deepest pockets. That's who's going to be focused in this book. I wanted it to, to get the small businesses involved. I wanted to get again, places that people didn't think they would ever experience in Sioux Falls or didn't even realize it existed in Sioux Falls. So what I'm asking those businesses to do, because I guarantee all the businesses that are in here have no clue that they're in there. And that's kind of the exciting part. So I'm asking those businesses, you know, eventually when we can keep the books in stock, um, we're going to ask them to, you know, maybe give them an enhanced experience or, you know, give them a 10% discount, whatever it is, give back to the consumer because 2020 was, a, was a hard year for businesses. It was hard for consumers. And we just want people to have that breath of fresh air again and just experience Sioux Falls and have fun with it. Very fun. Um, so that all came out of you and your wife wanting to do some weekend activities. And then instead of like, um, I'm guessing the whole premise of the book is instead of trying to figure out what you're going to do for a weekend, you open up the yeah. book and then there's a Saturday adventure list on there, whatever that you and whoever else can go out and do. Yeah. Um, so the you can go check it out on the website uh, or you can look it on social. It's SiouxFallsAdventure.com. And you'll actually be able to see how the book works. Again, you open up the book and there's all these different, uh, there's like a key that gives you all the different, like I said, it could be relaxing. Um, here I can run through just a couple of them. Um, feel good, go shopping, getting wet at home, active adventure, music, snow, outdoors over 21. Um, so it basically you go off of that key and then you say, okay, this looks like a fun one tonight or today. 
And then you scratch the adventure, not knowing exactly what it's going to be. And then you're committed. You have to go all in and you have to actually take on that activity. Ooh, so commitment. I mean, yeah, commitment. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, my, my kids were, they were virtual learned, or they were virtual learning last spring and you could just tell like they needed to get out. They needed to do something. Um, how, so old, book, how old are your kids? I have, I have three girls. So bless Ooh. my heart. Yeah. Um, 13, 12 and eight. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've already done some of these ones running in that house, (laughs) 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 man. I would, uh, teenage girls, I'd just send them outside period. End of story. Like, you know what? Just go out there. Yeah. And that's the goal. We'll get there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, years ahead of you there, Jeremy. So if you need any, any teenage girl advice, I got a 15, almost 16 year old. So we will grab that beer. (laughs) Awesome. I got a few years of advice there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lot of different directions we could go here, but Shelly, what do you have anything? I mean, I just think that it's an interesting concept to. I was curious, like, I, it's interesting to me to know that this wasn't something that you went to the businesses and was like, "Hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to pay to be in it? Whatever." Like, it was interesting. I've I've been wondering about how this came about and yeah. if this was some sort of a, a partnership that you had done, or if this was really just, you know, I've seen. Um, lots of Instagram posts and things like that about like the couples dare and like things like that were like different date night, progressive dates, those kinds of things. And it's cool to see a local version of that readily available out there for couples now or for families. So. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the exciting part of putting this all together. You know, there are books that are more just, you know, they're just kind of a national book and um, very similar to what we put together. And, you know, I, I have some of those, but to have something that really focuses just in the local area, I think was kind of the exciting part of, again, getting people out to some of those businesses, um, you know, child play toys. They actually reached out to me. They said, Hey, we love the book. We want to start selling your book here at the store. You know, so some of the businesses are wanting to get involved. And I think that's a great way to my biggest goal is to get people in their doors. And mm-hmm. if we can say, hey, go get the book. Um, I was just on Kelloland living this morning. Um, so at 2.30, you'll kind of learn a little bit more about what the book is all involved. Um, had a great conversation with Ashley. And, and you know, we, we have the opportunity to, again, get people in the doors of some of these businesses, um, whether it's picking up a book. And we're going to give a kickback to all those stores as a way to say thank you for what they're doing in Sioux Falls. Without businesses in Sioux Falls, my business wouldn't exist. My entertainment business wouldn't exist. Because I I live off of community events. I live off people who work hard in the community, who hire us to do private events, who hire us to do their weddings. Um, so anything I can do to help businesses helps my business. But it just it feels good to be able to give back to the people who make such an impact in this in this in this market and uh, this great city. And that's one of the things we really wanted to dive into on the podcast today is you know how can we use our are being all of us listening and all the people listening, how can we use our businesses to help support our local community? How can we use our businesses to help each other out and kind of build that that greater entrepreneurial community in Sioux Falls? So, and, you know, you've kind of touched a little bit on what that means to you, but how do you see your business doing that? And what are some of the, the things that you guys have done within, whether it's through Sioux Falls Adventure or whether it's through DJ Jair, what are the things that you guys focus on to help build up the community? Yeah, I mean, just handshakes. You know, getting out there and meeting new people, I think, is extremely important. Um, you know, in our in our industry for um, for corporate events, you know, we're looking to hire someone at a very high level 
to go out there and just shake hands. I think that's extremely important, getting to build those relationships. And, you know, if this book is an opportunity for consumers to to go get involved with more businesses and vice versa, businesses to get involved in the community, um, like I said, we're everyone's a winner at that point. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm very thankful that Sioux Falls is the size we are. I'm thankful of the businesses we have here, the growth that we see. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in Sioux Falls and we should be very proud as a community because we're always, it always seems like people are always there for each other in this community. Um, whether that's in a business or just community involvement. Um, there's a lot of, you know, in these adventures, there's a lot of feel good, feel good adventures. Um, you know, scooping sidewalks for people and, uh, you know, giving back to the community. There's delivering dog food to the animal shelter. Um, so they're not always like, oh, we're going to, we're going to go on a hike today. It's giving back and, and, you know, helping out, uh, you know, small businesses and helping, um, organizations in the, in the Sioux Falls area. We're very fortunate in Sioux Falls to have that. I absolutely love that concept. Is that, is that stuff that's included in the family one as well, or do you kind of keep that separate in those? Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's some overlap in the couples and the, in the family version, um, the family version, like I said, that one's, that book's a little bit more expensive. It's a, it's a nicer book. Um, the pages are nicer. I mean, just overall, it's, it's a better book. Plus it gives you more adventures and it's, it's kind of the all overall, excuse me, the all around book. Um, we do have a kids version coming out the end of the month. Um, we've already pre-sold three of them and they're not yet to print. So I'm excited that people are excited about it. Um, we also have a teen version that will be coming out. That'll probably come out uh, mid spring. And then we also have a faith base that we're working on. So, um, you know, kind of creating a, a book that uh, is more focused on, on faith. And then last but not least, you know, we originally were going to put a calendar together, but not knowing the activities and events that were going to be happening in 2021, just because again, we're still rolling the dice on this year. Um, you know, eventually we'll have a calendar that comes out that will be available to guests and they get to, again, go experience German fest and, you know, some of these other things that I haven't even experienced yet. So there's a lot of great things in Sioux Falls and I just want people to engage and explore it. Speaking of rolling the dice, perfect segue. 2020 hits, February hits, March hits, and your business in which relies um, pretty exclusively on events. Yeah. You got a team at that point. What is what is going through your mind? What is go, What are the talks that you're having with your team? Everything like that in March, April, May. And then at what point did you decide to um, kind of go more all in on, um, these live events and virtual events and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I think Shelly is kind of aware of some of the things that, you know, we transitioned to on um, this last year. So let me, let me take you back to March 13th, 2020. Um, we are in the hindsight is 2020. Yes. Um, well, I don't think any of us that are ever alive will ever forget March 13th of that. Like oh. March 13th is like the nine 11 for this. Yeah. This it's Friday, Friday the 13th. I should have, yep. I should have known. Um, but we actually signed a, we signed a, uh, a loan and agreement and put down a six figure deposit for our building that was supposed to be going up. Mm. Um, On March days, 13th? yeah. Two days later, the government shuts the country down. <laughs> oh my um, God. So, yeah. Oh man, this had, is going to uh, be good. <laughs> yeah. So we had brides and grooms completely in panic. Um, 
our goal is we're not there to take advantage of, you know, our couples that have us booked and, you know, we want to keep those great relationships. So we had to transition a lot of that. Uh, a lot of our weddings that were happening in May and June, they're like, Hey, we want to move our date. They moved to fall. And basically we moved them at no penalty. It was basically, we understand the situation. Um, you know, we were very flexible with them. If their entertainer moving to the next, uh, you know, the next, uh, the next date, if their entertainer was already booked, we gave them free upgrades. Can, we can I pause you just one second? I know yeah. I'm interrupting, but I'm trying to get people to understand the gravity of this situation and you're in your situation. I'm imagining Okay, so you've got 11 DJs. I think you said three of them do corporate events. So let's just go ahead and say that eight out of the eight members of your team, you've got fully booked for the whole next season. Yeah. For all of 2020, you've got booked. For <laughs> Which summer is your busy season, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Now, March 15th hits. You've got you've got all these calls coming in. And we're not talking... Guys, we're not talking about the four weddings getting pushed back till fall. <laughs> what, what was call number 25 like uh, over the next month? And you're like, Oh, you want to move your, your wedding to fall? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've never, yeah. no, I've never heard this before. Yeah. 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 Nobody's doing this. Like, you know, what, that's gotta, you, it had to have been like 50 weddings or so that you had to push back. Yeah. No, you're, you're not exaggerating whatsoever. We ended up having, so originally in June, we had, uh, I think we had 43 weddings scheduled. Mm. We ended up following through with two of those 43 because everybody mm. else moved their dates. Wow. So it's basically, yeah, yeah. So basically what wow. we had to do was we had to figure out how do we accommodate these individuals? How do we keep them calm? Because, you know, bright and groom, I mean, they're already, they're already stressed out. The last yeah, thing they want to do is have to move their date. Um, so again, that's why okay, we'll give you free upgrades. We will make sure that we, we take care of you to the fullest extent. And I mean, they were extremely appreciative. We had a, a fantastic year when you look at it hindsight and we're very fortunate to have the team members and, and Adam, it kind of goes back to how do you keep your team energized and excited as much as the owner. And I mean, that was it. We had to let them know that guys, you know, we're, we're going to go through a tough June here. But we're going to make sure that you're taken care of in the fall. We're, you're going to make extra pay. You're going to um, you're going to go above and beyond, and we're going to make sure that you're taken care of. And again, that was building the team morale, and that was extremely important for us because without them, I can't move them. I can't put people on those dates if they're not able and willing to do them. So that was a huge step for us. Um, a lot of our corporate events, you know, we do a lot of like the Sioux Falls uh, Visitors Bureau. You know, that event was scheduled in May. That got canceled. Well, there goes revenues. Um, the, the other hard part was people who are like, you know what, we're not going to take the risk into fall. We want to move from this year to next year. Okay. Mm. So now what that does is dates are inventory to us. So if they move from this year into next year, now they've taken away the opportunity that we could have actually booked another wedding or, you know, filled that date on a regular scheduled basis. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot of, I, I hate using the word pivots, but there was a lot of pivots that we had to do to say, okay, now we don't have that income coming in in June. What are we going to do? And this is, I think where, where Shelly and I kind of started making a connection and getting to know each other was, um, you know, working with hood magazine. Um, we started doing virtual events with her, um, with Steph over there and doing, um, Gosh, I can't even think what we called them. It was, it was basically like dance party with party. DJ Jer. Yeah, yeah. We, we had these little virtual dance parties and, and helped kids burn off some energy because they were all at home. 
mm-hmm. and parents were like, oh my gosh, I'm going nuts. I need to, <laughs> my kid needs to do something. So we started doing these little virtual parties and getting kids up and moving. And then we started bringing in our characters, which we have a character division, princesses, superheroes. Um, and then we also did virtual ties and tiaras. Well, now we're looking into summer. We're looking into June. It's like, great. We still don't have that income like we normally would in June. So what do we do? So we started reaching out to some uh, partners and sponsors and saying, we want to create this block tour. Okay. People in Sioux Falls, the pools are closed down. Um, there's a lot of activities that they can't do because they have to stay socially distanced. So we created this social safe um, virtual or not virtual uh, game show tour. And basically we put our video wall on a flatbed of a trailer and we could drive it around Sioux Falls and we would actually host game shows, games like Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune, um, a lot of kids activities. We were very interactive with kids while being socially safe. So making sure things were sanitized, making sure things were taken care of. And again, this took, you know, it took two of my team members um, to create this. So I was the MC or the game show host and we just had so many families involved and having so much fun with it. And those sponsors were a huge part. Again, it's all that community development, community working together to create experiences. And so the city of Sioux Falls hired us to start doing their family Fridays. Um, And we would do game shows. We would pull the trailer into the park and we would have a game show event. And it was just, it was so much fun. It's because we already had the tools. We just had to figure out how do we reinvent with the tools that we have. And it made us very successful this last year. And we were very blessed. And that's exactly what you call innovation, right? So like- I think we have all seen multiple businesses throughout this year. Like you either, you either, you either took that opportunity to say, okay, I can't do this. I can't do weddings during the month of June. I can't do, you know, corporate events. This all, this stuff has gotten canceled. And basically you could sit back and say, well, I hope I get some PPP. I hope I get whatever, or you can look at it and say, okay, well, I can't bring in this revenue from this but I do have the opportunity to go make new connections. I do have the opportunity to go sit get in front of new people. I do have the opportunity to do this side of things. And how much of my time and energy can I pour into that? How much of it can I pour into my employee development? Like you said, how much can I pour into these other things that at the end of 2020 and now into 2021, you're seeing the benefits of that because maybe you didn't make the same amount of revenue last year. I don't know, maybe you did, but at least when you were making those decisions in April, May, and June, you didn't think you were going to be making the same type of revenue, but you were choosing to invest in the things that are going to make you revenue in the long run. You're exactly right, Shelly. Yep. So what happened with the building? I think everyone's wondering. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we, we held off Uh, again. I mean, we had to focus on our employees, making sure that our employees were taken care of, making sure that we could take care of paychecks. Um, And we wanted to do that in Chile. I'm glad you brought it up. The PPP. Um, We did get the PPP, but we did not base our decisions based on getting a PPP. We were going to run our business as if everything was normal. We weren't getting any, um, you know, any grants or any loans or anything like that. Um, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey person. And, you know, getting all these loans and everything, I'm like, "Eh, no, we, we have built our business loan free for years. And this first loan that we've ever taken out is going to be on the building. Um, So we said, you know what, Dave Ramsey would tell me to say, or he would tell me to stop. And so we put a hold on it. Again, it was a decision of about three of our, our management and we could do the things that we needed to in our current warehouse. Um, But we are going to start breaking ground here in March again, because of the decisions that we made throughout this last year that still kept us afloat and, you know, allowed us to gear up 
um, to make some of these upcoming decisions. And again, we're, we're focused on, we're doing this as if we didn't get any grants, we didn't get any PPP, whatever it is. We're making these decisions based on uh, the last five years, the last, you know, the, the five-year projection that we have. Um, we're going to be going from a 2,500 square foot warehouse to a 14,000 square foot warehouse. So yeah. we're, excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. we're, we're excited. Where about is that going to be located at? I, I've, so, I've heard bits and pieces of this from our other connection. So yeah. So I am, I, I live in T um, and with all the T development that's happening. So right off of the interstate, um, ideal wedding is actually just to the South of us. We're going to be just on the North side of them, um, which we have a great relationship with them. And, you know, it, it's just going to be nice having them right there, but then also, um, you know, being right off of the interstate, easy access to Sioux Falls, and it's only like a four minute drive for me. So, um, we're, we're excited again. We definitely would have loved to have been in there last year. We were supposed to have a record year, but, uh, you know, we, we were smart enough in the past to make good decisions in the future. You know, good for you. Really good for you. Seriously. I like, and, I like that quote. You smart uh, in the past to make a decision in the future. How I'm just curious. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. I'm just curious though. How important do you think doing the Dave Ramsey plan was for you in surviving 2020? Oh my gosh. Um, geez. I, I don't want to get emotional, but I, I tell you what, without it, we, our business probably would have, would have faulted. Um, you know, you look at all the businesses that take out big loans and, you know, not being able to pay those loans. Um, and just, you know, personally, financially, we had to make the decisions personally. Um, you know, I actually just got done talking to my investor, uh, my personal investor, right before we got on this conversation and, you know, we put a hold on a couple things, but we also made sure that we kept moving forward with other things. And she goes, Invest, you made great investing in investing in Bitcoin and Dogecoin, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave Ramsey would be so proud of you. <laughs> he, would be. he would be so proud. Thanks for not wasting your money. <laughs> um, it was, uh, again, I mean, just, just knowing all the things that we learned through the Dave Ramsey process, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough. I don't have a house to pay for. I don't have, we have a lake home, um, you know, that that's because of the decisions that we've made in the past that allowed us to do those things and not have to sell one of those homes. Um, so just the, the peace of mind. And I mean, really that's, it's, it's uh, financial peace. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a peace of mind thing that allowed me and my family knowing that no matter how hard it got, we were still going to be okay. Um, so that I'm glad you brought that up, Adam, because that really is that, that was a game changer. And I, I encourage everybody, even if you're, you know, faith-based, not faith-based, I would highly recommend go check out, uh, Dave Ramsey's financial piece. It is a game changer. It is a life changer. Yeah. I, I can second that. And, um, that, that was actually the kind of the whole Genesis is the reason why I started my detailing business, AHD nice. when I was 25, because, Justin and I started Financial Peace University and we were wanting to go hard at student loans. And I said, listen, I could get another part-time job if I wanted to, but I don't want to listen to another person tell me when I have to clock in and clock out. Right. So how about we take some money from savings, which, you know, seems backwards taking money out of savings to go and start a business or not to make, go and make money. Right. To, instead right. of just going and getting a part-time job. But after, um, investing that $700, we were, uh, I was just killing it every single weekend with, um, side cash from the detailing business and was able to just accelerate that whole thing. 
Um, so yeah, I would highly encourage anybody that's watching to do the exact same thing. Look up Financial Peace University, go through it. It's worth it. So Adam, I'm curious because I, I haven't done my research on you with you either. You talked about your business. You know, what was your turning point? What was the one thing that you saw and you said, you know what, I can make this a business. It doesn't have to be a side gig. Um, pretty much that. So at the time I was living in Pierre and within one month I was doing 40 hours a week at my full-time job and I was doing 40 hours a week detailing. Yeah. And it, it was at that point that it was like three months later that we decided to move down to Sioux Falls. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go full bore with it. Like we both decided that it wasn't just me. Um, yeah. Now that first winter sucked really bad for a multitude of reasons. Um, but yeah, it, that next year when May came around, um, it was, it was just a totally different ball game and we were off to the races. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I will say, we ended up having to really work that FPU plan a lot because, you know, when you're building a business, there's not a whole lot of money that you're actually taking home. Like you're, if you're smart about it, you're pouring a lot of your money back into the business, which is what I was doing. Yep. So it wasn't, it wasn't actually until about three years later that that FPU plan really paid off or the starting the detailing business paid off the whole, the whole lot of everything that we, that we, uh, that we had. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can tell you again, if there's anybody watching that is thinking about doing it, like, please do. Um, yeah. it's, it's so mentally stress-free to know that at, at worst you're going to default on, uh, we're not, our house isn't paid off yet. So like, but at worst, like we're going to have like a mortgage or something that, um, we would have to go quite a while before we couldn't pay for a mortgage, but um at worst like we, what we missed one payment okay well we've got two more months that we can stretch this puppy out for <laughs> yeah well and the biggest thing i mean that's like the last thing that people really focus on you know the and i know we're getting to like the whole dave ramsey should be paying us right now um <laughs> i'll hit him know. up after after this i'll send him this clip send him the invoice yeah um but I mean, really, it's about snowballing. It's about working on those, the credit card debts, getting rid of the credit cards. You know, I mean, there's people that get so in over their head. And I think that's what really creates that uh, that pressure for people. And now it's paying for this car payment. Well, did you need that car in the first place? You know, yeah. um, it's, you know, Dave Ramsey always says cash is king. And uh, it really, it made a huge difference for us. And, you know, personally, and also in our business, uh, I couldn't imagine being in our business where we are right now without going through that process and, and utilizing the same tactics that I learned as an individual and putting that into my business. Well, we could sit here and probably talk for the next 15 minutes. Yeah, we really could. <laughs> I think that that's really important. And honestly, maybe we should have an episode on that someday is, you know, businesses that have used the Dave Ramsey method and Hearing yeah. some of those success stories, I think that is a very important topic to talk about as well. So, but we are, we're like three quarters of the way through our hour here, which is pretty impressive. Honestly, I think that we've, this has flowed very naturally for us. So I'm curious, if you're going to start construction on this new building, you're going to break ground on this new building, what does 21, 2021 hold for DJJR? Are you guys focusing back again on a lot of in-person events. Are you guys still needing to pivot some more this year? And and on top of that, how did you and your team plan for this year? 
as compared to how you guys planned for previous years? I'm assuming things had to change a little bit in your world. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so first, let, let's back up and let's go over the second question first. How did we plan for it? And it really came down to, again, having some of my team members have some skin in the game and also have them, um, you know, be able to, to give their input where instead of it just being mine as the owner's input, you know, how can we, uh, or how can our management team really put our heads together and say, what does 21 look like? Um, so, you know, I talked about our lake home. We went up to the lake and we did an overnight. We had two days of extensive breaking down. What does this year look like? What worked great in 2020? What worked great in 2019? Because it was completely different years. And, uh, or, or when you look at, um, you know, what 2019 brought and what 2020 brought 2020, you know, like you said, Shelly, it brought other opportunities and how do we still capitalize on those opportunities that we didn't really think were part of our business structure. So we broke down the elements that made us successful in 19, the things that made us successful in 20. And we also talked about the things that didn't make us successful. What are the things that we missed? And so as a group, as a group effort, we really nailed down what was important to us in growing into 2021, as well as our five-year plan or 10-year plan. And I think that's the biggest thing. I actually, so I don't know if you guys knew this or not. I actually public speak quite a bit. Um, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't come through at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I travel the country and I, and I speak on actually lighting design a lot um, to entertainers, uh, stage directors, you know, all these different things. I talk about design. Um, in the entertainment aspect or in the entertainment industry, but I also speak on, um, to, you know, high schools and just industries in general based on leadership and those type of things. Um, one of the things that we, that one of my, one of my topics this last year, I spoke in November was look at 2020 and figure out how fortunate you actually were. Okay. So maybe business didn't go exactly how you wanted it to, but look at the things that might've happened. You know, I spent more time with my kids. Um, I had opportunities to go on vacations. Now, would I would I normally be able to do those things? No. But look at all the opportunities, not just the business opportunities. And so again, when when my team and I sat down and we went over what did 2020 look like, like I really love spending time with my kids. And they said, Great. So why don't you do this, this, and this in 2021 to make sure that that still happens? So there's a lot of personal growth when working with your team members. Um, now Shelly, take me back to your first question. What was your first question again? How, what's the, what lays ahead in 2021 ah, yes. that you guys have kept or yeah. is there certain things you've heard of? So January we had record sales and weddings. Um, you know, a lot of people are, they're ready to go again. The vaccines come out. There's a lot of confidence happening right now in our country. And so we saw record sales in, in January. Um, we started, you know, looking at 2021 and, and then figuring out, you know, how do we fill some of these gaps and how do we get people encouraged in, in, in going again? So we ended up, um, we ended up, you know, making some connections and creating and building new ideas and new events. Um, we just reached out to four different venues and we're actually going to be doing, it's going to be called our summer snowball uh, tour. And basically we're creating a, um, we're creating a winter festival in the summer. So people can start planning their upcoming Christmas parties. So we're going to 
like pimp out and, and theme out each event. So people walk in and they actually feel like they're at their Christmas party. They can experience it as opposed to saying, well, we can do casino. We can do game show. We can do this. We actually want them to feel what they're going to feel in December, January, and February. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing brilliant. some of those things, what's that? That's brilliant. Yeah. So doing some of those things now, you know, planning for those things. Um, you know, we've, we've had, I, I can't tell you everything. Um, but we have a lot of a lot of exciting plans ahead of us, and we're working with um, the district with you know doing some partnerships and doing some things that we really feel like Sioux Falls needs. You know, they need that uh, that energy again, um, whether that's a live event or it's a virtual event or whatever it is. Now, let's talk about some of the virtual and some of the the hybrid events. That was a big thing back in 2020. It's not going to go away. People are still going to want to do those virtual aspects. Um, we have a lot of virtual fundraisers that we've been doing. We do all of the Vera stuff and we're very blessed to have them as a client and make sure that they're taken care of. Um, we just had their uh, behavioral health fundraiser the other night and we raised over $60,000. The weekend before we did Mitchell Rivera and we raised uh, 50,000 or 60,000 plus. Um, wait, hold on. Wait. Mitchell Avera raised almost as much money as regular Avera in Sioux Falls. Well, so you have behavioral health, which is like okay. their, so behavioral health is, and you know, I encourage you, if you can go to Avera's uh, Facebook page and watch that, there's some very inspirational stories. You know, COVID made a huge effect on people's well-being, their jobs, their mental health. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but Avera is doing a huge expansion on their mental health facilities. Yep. And that is going to be a game changer in the Sioux Falls community because, again, a lot of people went through a lot of things and they're going to need facilities like this. So the facility is going to accommodate a lot of people in our community. Um, we're very fortunate to have two amazing healthcare uh, healthcare businesses in the Sioux Falls area. Um, so to be a part of those, again, I mean, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of virtual stuff with them still throughout the year. Um, I just talked with the uh, Vera Race Against Cancer. It sounds like we're going to be going virtual again with that. So virtual is not going to go away. We're going to stay extremely busy with virtual. And we encourage people, if they're interested in virtual, reach out to us. I would love to help and, and make it engaging. How many of you, have you guys been to a virtual, um, a virtual showcase or a virtual fundraiser or anything like that? Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's keeping people engaged. That's the hard part. So we have the keys to make sure that people stay engaged through the entire program and that we create the goals for those individuals or those businesses that we're working with. Um, so that's the exciting thing for us in the virtual world. Now, hybrid, a lot of people are going to be comfortable going back to normal. Uh, there's still the aspect of people not feeling comfortable. So we have to be able to provide services in the live aspect as well as a hybrid or the virtual aspect um, to accommodate all of those people. And we do have a lot of in-person, uh, in-person events that are gonna be happening as well. People are already filling up our schedule um, we pretty much can't take any more on for June and July just because there's a lot going on and a lot of people want their events done right. So again, starting those communications now is extremely important for us. Um, and then also, again, a lot of the, the traveling that we do, some of these big conferences that we typically set up AV for, you know, we have to start having these discussions on, you know, this, these are the changes. These are the things that we have to gravitate to now because things are different. Um, so again, you know, Shelly, the, the question, um, we really have to be aware and we have to think, we have to be ready to think outside the box. Um, because like I said, we signed paperwork on March 13th, two days later, we were a whole different mindset and things could happen in a matter of 24 hours. 
Yeah, I, um, sorry, I feel like I'm getting a really bad, like, reverb, so I don't want to talk too much. Can you guys hear it too? Yeah. No, you're good. I can't hear it. Interesting. Okay. Um, and it, I think for a lot of, a lot of businesses, yes, there's a comfort level thing on deciding if you're going to go virtual or if you're going to go back to in-person on stuff, but there's a whole other level out there that I think we've discovered this new convenience factor. We've discovered like being able to spend more time with your family when you're doing virtual stuff. Yeah. There, there's a whole lot of other advantages that I've encouraged so many businesses, like don't let this just go to pass, like, and don't only go this way. Like you have the opportunity now to create a whole nother stream of revenue by doing yeah. both of them. And if you can figure out how to do both of them well, whether it's pivoting team members into those roles, or I literally just had this conversation with a business owner this morning that I'm kind of mentoring through some process stuff. Like you have to figure out right now, the goals that you set for your team and the roles and everything that you created for your team in 2020, very well may be out the window in 2021 now, because your business is going in a whole nother direction based upon the world that we are now living in. And if the roles that you have outlined for that position no longer meet that, you either need to figure out the right role for that for you know each of your team members, or you need to find the right team member, right? Like, yeah. so there's some of those conversations, and um, when you were talking through that, it just really made me wonder how much of that. I mean, we're getting down to the end, so we probably can't carry on too much more conversation. We're but fine, let's keep it rolling. Have all of your <laughs> have you been able to transition all of your employees into? new roles in this virtual world or have you had to kind of refigure some people into um different tasks or you know did they not adjust well yeah that's a that's a great question and it really is getting the right people in the right seats of the bus um we were fortunate that a lot of our team members were willing and able to make those transitions to learn new softwares to learn um, some of these trades that they're not used to and that was a huge game changer for us because again if they weren't able to do that and willing to do that um, we wouldn't have been as successful as we have been. Uh, the nice thing is, you know, I, we, I can set up the meeting and book a virtual event or a hybrid event, and I don't have to be at the events anymore. I have so much confidence in my team and the, the professionals or the, the businesses that are hiring us have confidence in our team that they know I don't personally need to be there anymore. So I can work on the business instead of work in the business. And I think that's been a huge thing for us is making sure that, again, having the people who are willing to make those changes and adapt to um, new technology or things that they're not usually on their checklist of to do for the week, you know, they really stepped up to the plate and made a huge difference. Um, Shelly, you, you mentioned one more thing that I want to get in here before the last two minutes. You had mentioned new revenue streams. That was a huge thing. After we did uh, the virtual race last year for Avera, that was a huge thing. When we got done, they said, okay, when this race is ready to go live again, we will definitely be adding this virtual aspect. They said, we had, we had people that registered from Australia. We had people who registered from California, Arizona, all over the world. And again, those were people who are not typically going to fly back to be a part of this race, but now they're involved and now they are engaged with what's going on, the mission and help raising those funds for these businesses. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, that's a whole nother revenue stream and opportunities that a lot of business businesses could be taken advantage of. Yeah, for sure. Adam, what are your, what are your last thoughts here? I don't, I don't have any last thoughts, but I do think that I'm going to be sending you a message after this, Jeremy, and 
I think we're gonna have to grab a coffee or something if that's. Let me tell you, Jeremy. I know. She you know, before, before, you got on, <laughs> before you got on, Adam, she's like, he's one of those guys you'll want to sit down and have a beer with. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> well, I want to sit down and have a beer with him, not the other way around. <laughs> because I feel like I can learn I can learn a lot from Mr. Jer here. I, I would would get along well, put it that way. I think you guys can and, and one of the well. one of the first things that's gonna come out of my mouth is, you know, back in the day, back in the day. I used to be a DJ. I used to I used to throw some pretty raging college parties because because of my DJ skills. So my cassette player and my my Taurus were pretty well, rad. Okay, hold on, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. I was the CDs were solidly my age. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. uh, but um, no, I think I, I would love just to hear more about you, your story, um, your plans, and everything like that. So I'm going to send you a message after this. But yeah. That sounds great. And, you know, Adam, I, I, again, before you got on, Shelly and I were already talking about that. I would love to sit down with you. My goal is to sit down with as many business owners or, you know, people who feel like they can make a difference in this community and just, you know, I, I will, I will pay for the drink if I have to. I just want to get to know more people and uh, hear their stories because again, you know, I'm, I'm just a small part of this community. And if I can help make a big impact or if I can meet more people, um, I look forward to meeting more people. So if you're out there and you're watching this, uh, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on, on email. You can email me at Jeremy at djjer.com. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Sit down with you and love to get to meet you guys. There you have it. Boom. Okay. Ending. I don't know that we really need to do our, our normal ending here. Yeah. I mean, I'm leave it to the DJ and the public speaker to be able to end it and wrap it up in a nice little bow and be like, here you go. You can end it now. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that guys. I promise. <laughs> no, you did good. You did well, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that this worked out. This has kind of been in the works for quite a while for us to yeah, figure okay. out how to get our schedules aligned. And I'm glad that this has worked. I'm, I'm, I feel really blessed that I've gotten to know you better this year and understand more of your story now. So, well, thank you. Anytime, you know, I, I don't know how much more story I have, but anytime you are, you're short and you're like, Hey, we need to bring on some random person again. I'd be happy to get back on with you guys and, and, and chat. So Listen, I appreciate it so much for the opportunity. Jer Jeremy, I know you're trying to be humble right now, but anybody who's been doing business since 15 to whatever age, I'm not, I'm not going to say guess at an age, but 21. whatever, whatever age you've got plenty of stories and scars. I mean, you did say you're a 13 year old. So I don't think <laughs> All right. Yeah. That doesn't add up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that could really benefit from your wisdom um, and everything like that. If you could, uh, if you could do more of um, these things as well. And especially it's, it's kind of hard. It goes against our grain, but if you don't do it in a humble way either, because sometimes people need to know that like, no, I'm like some, you know what? Like you just had to be a little bit better and special than somebody else. Like just the way it happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you need talents so yeah absolutely mine is all good right. looking charm that's it it's all i got going for me <laughs> we always get to this point in the podcast where we have to shut adam down every time we always get to this point and so, we're out and on that note we are going to say peace out brussels sprout and we will thanks, see everybody. You next thanks for having me guys